Today I'm talking to Professor Beninia Girish here in Berlin. Hello. Something terrible happens, even very far away, and people surf the web obsessively for news. Why are we so addicted? Are we truly addicted? I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. But I do think there's always an element of comparison at work, especially because of social media. We're constantly engaged in some form of comparison. Bad news also gives us an opportunity to compare and contrast. Compared to terrible things going on in the world, you might feel something like a sense of relief. Your own life might feel pretty sad at the moment, but in comparison to all the disasters out there, it might seem more bearable. It used to be hard to get news. Now we're subjected to a flood of news 24-7. How is that affecting us? I think we're not really able to process all the images and news we're bombarded with in an adequate and appropriate way, emotionally, mentally. On the one hand, it leads to overstimulation, but it also leads to something that I find far more troubling, a kind of numbness and disengagement. Consuming the news, this addiction to news, gives us a thrill, a mix of fear and pleasure. But to get that hit, we need something bigger and bigger. People find themselves drawn to seeking out or clicking on news that's more and more horrible. Many studies have shown that people are more likely to click on, say, bomb, than on pleasant stories about, say, a baby. Doesn't this flood of news make us feel helpless in the face of all the evil in the world? There's some truth in that, but it depends on the individual and their specific circumstances. The impact that news will have is very individual and varies according to the person's mental and emotional framework. The intensity, the volume, density and over-dramatization of news, its extreme quality, the deluge of scandal after scandal, all of this can meld with or amplify a person's emotional and mental state in ways that can become very problematic and can even tip them over into a personal crisis. For some people, it can become difficult to keep things straight, to see what's what. Whether you're talking about a war, a refugee crisis, or like now, the coronavirus pandemic, some people end up struggling with a sense that things are confusing, careening out of control. That can result in an intense need to reassert control and to a feeling of doom that the end of the world is just around the corner. That's how people end up drawn to conspiracy theories, which offer a simple explanation for things in a confusing, complex and maybe even inaccessible world. Being bombarded with horrible news is a source of stress, which isn't good for us. Does bad news make us sick? It depends on the individual and their own situation and mental state. If a person is in a difficult or fragile condition, in crisis, then an onslaught of bad news could, under some circumstances, serve as a trigger or amplifier, make things worse. But bad news does not in and of itself cause illness.
Social media is just flooded with conspiracy theories and strange ideas. What influence does that have on lonely and anxious people? It's a very, very big problem. One of my colleagues, the social psychologist Phil Langer, talks about the Hollywoodization of emotion and feeling. We don't know anymore. Is this homeland or is this the real thing? It's very interesting on a meta level. His observations mesh with what we're seeing in studies of children and teenagers. What they're describing is very similar. The kids say things like, it would be terrible if I actually saw something like this in real life. But then they go ahead and share those horrible pictures and videos on social media. That even includes things like child pornography. One study in particular struck me. When the young people were asked why they shared this material, they said, I didn't think it was that bad. Because it was virtual somehow, not real. How should we deal with the constant flood of news? We need to become more media savvy. We have to learn to engage with the news and images we're exposed to in a more complex way. In some cases, that might mean studying an issue in greater depth. A quick glance and then you swipe, swipe away to the next item. That's not helpful. We have to do better with digital media. Children and teenagers are constantly on social media. How can they be taught to use it wisely? First of all, it has to be taught in schools as a proper subject in its own right. They need to learn how to recognize fake news and fake images as well. We know a lot about fake photos from war reporting. Children and teenagers need to study the subject in school. And they need to learn how to tell the difference between what's real and what's not. The news and the media in general is created by people. Do they bear a responsibility to their audience? Yes, a very great responsibility. One problem is that many online articles come with an estimate of how long it takes to read them. So people squeeze in another article in two minutes before going into their doctor's appointment. It's all rather absurd. It shows how many reports are specifically crafted to be consumed quickly. The idea of studying something in depth, or actually reading books, Today that seems ridiculously old-fashioned, something you'd never actually do.